Good morning. Hope you've had a great weekend so far, and let me say Happy New Year to everybody. Um, I know that we all knew this was going to be Sunday, and so I trust that everybody got in bed at 9.30 last night so that we could be wide awake and ready to go this morning. Uh, if that is not the case, you are on the buddy system this morning. If your neighbor next to you is drifting, it is your job to nudge them off. Uh, I'm not going to call people out by name, at least not publicly. Uh, I'll talk to you later if I have to, <laughs> but, but, uh, but you're on the buddy system to keep each other awake. I am, I am glad we can spend New Year's Day together. Uh, it's been sort of a unique year in that regard, at least uh, that's what they tell me. Um, if you were in town last week, we got to spend Christmas Day worshiping God together, and then this week getting to spend the first day of 2023 together. I'm told that it'll be another 11 years until that happens, that we get to have Sunday uh, fit the way it does with leap years and changing every year and all that stuff. So 2034 will be the next time we start a new year on Sunday together. I'm really glad we can do that. Those of you that are visiting with us, thank you for being here. Now, we here at Great Oaks, we are trying to follow Jesus Christ. We are trying to help each other follow Jesus Christ. Uh, we're trying to be an encouragement to each other and honor Him with our lives. We'd love for you to be part of that. And if you're not a Christian or if, you're, if you've wandered away from God or if we can help your faith in any way, please let us know. Uh, we'd sure love for you to be part of our church family and help us as we try to help each other follow the Lord. Glad you're here today. And I hope our lesson uh, will be an encouraging one and appropriate for the start of a new year. Let's pray together, and then we'll begin. God, thank you so much for the way you've loved us and guided us. Uh, you brought us through another year, and you brought us to the start of 2023. God, as we begin our journey this year, I pray for faith, pray for strength. We pray for forgiveness for all the ways we have failed along the path and the ways we'll continue to. We trust your blood. We trust your, your forgiveness and your salvation. God, as we study today, I pray that what is said will be what you want to be said. I pray we'll be encouraged by it, and I pray this will be the best spiritual year we've ever had in our faith that we're beginning this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. I love the feeling of beginning a new journey. I love the feeling of setting a goal and taking those first steps toward it. And whether, whether the goal is small or big, I, I just love that sense of we're going to do something new and something better, and I'm going to be better, and I'm going to be different. And, and embarking on that course, I, I've always loved that, that feeling. And for that reason, it might not surprise you, I've come to love the new year. I've come to love that sense when, when a lot of us are trying to, to think about how can we be better this year? How can this be a better version of me in the next 365 days than it has been? And you've probably set yourself goals. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. You might have set yourself goals about exercise or eating better or reading books or any number of life improvement things. It's possible, I suppose, that maybe you've just been too busy to even sit down and think about those sorts of things. In fact, I found myself doing that uh, several times in recent years where amidst the busyness of the holiday season and rushing the family and, and gifts and get-togethers and all that, that, that I never really have a time uh, or, ha or don't make a time like I should to just sit down and just stop and think, what do I want to do better this year? So that's what I'd like us to do together this morning. We get to spend the first day of the year together with God's people and worship to God. So we're going to think about that together. So let me start, though, by, by pointing out why I think this is even worth talking about. Why I think it's worth talking about making some faith resolutions 
for 2023 and doing it very, very intentionally, even together as a group. And I want to start by pointing out a few biblical resolutions. The first one is in Luke 15. This is the passage that Jack just read for us before I get up here. You might have recognized it. This is Jesus' story of the prodigal son. And if you remember the story, the, the, the son comes to his father says, Give me my inheritance, for his father even passes away. And so he takes it and he runs off to another land. He wasted all. That's what the word prodigal means, is wasteful. So he wasted all, and, and it's gone, and now he finds himself feeding pigs in a foreign land. About the lowest place Jesus could have described someone who would have been a, a Jewish boy in his day. And here's what he says as he's sitting there. I, I like this phrase in verse 17. He came to his senses. Sometimes we need those moments in our life where we come to our senses. I haven't been thinking right. I haven't been focused right. I've been, I've been going the wrong direction. He came to his senses and he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I'm dying here with hunger. So you see what he's realizing. Back in my father's house is so much better. I thought the world would be better. I thought it would be more exciting. I thought I'd, I'd get more out of it, but it is so much better back in my father's house. I think we'll find that if we try to chase the world. I think we'll find that it's better back in our father's house. But notice what I've underlined in verse 18. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. This is the turning point of the story, isn't it? The turning point of the story is, I will. I will go back to God. I will. Now, he hadn't done anything yet. Nothing's changed. Still sitting in the pigsty. Still feeding pigs. Still has nothing to eat. But it changes when he says, I will go back to God. I will say to him. And as he does, you remember, he, he, he then does it. He follows through. He takes those first steps on the journey back toward home. And, and as he gets there, he comes to his father, verse 20. And you remember, as, as Jesus tells the story, while he's still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And I think we'll find the same thing, that as we come to God, we'll find God is ready to meet us ready to run to us, ready to receive us. And that's the, the reason Jesus tells the story. I want us to notice it all began and it all turned with I will. You might notice the, the title of this lesson this morning is The Power of I Will. It changed everything for the prodigal son. What about Luke 19? Write that one down if you're keeping the outline with us. Another great resolution like the prodigal son made. I will go to my father. Luke 19 here Jesus is walking through the, the town of Jericho. And you remember a man named Zacchaeus. In verse 5, Jesus came to the place. You remember Zacchaeus was short and so he couldn't see over the crowd. And so he climbs up into a tree just so he can see Jesus. And, and as Jesus comes to that tree, he looks up in the tree and says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. For today I must stay at your house. Now here's the problem. Zacchaeus was known to be a, a not good person there in the city. He was a chief tax collector. Not just a tax collector, a chief tax collector. He, he was the head of the tax collectors, one of them anyway. And, and they were known to be greedy and, and to charge people more than they should and to hold people down. They were known as, as sinful people. 
And so here Jesus, of all the people who have come to see him, he chooses that guy. And he says, come down, I'm going to your house. And Zacchaeus hurries down, he comes down and receives him gladly. But notice verse 7, when they saw it, all the people, they all began to grumble, saying, he's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Of all the people Jesus could have chose, he chose the sinner. Zacchaeus makes a resolution. Zacchaeus stopped. I guess they're walking. He just stopped. And and he has to say something to Jesus before they can go any further. Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. Jesus, I have not not always lived right. You no doubt know that. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to be better and I'm going to be different. I want you to notice Jesus does not say, well, I'll check back with you next year and see if you change anything. He doesn't do that. He doesn't say, well, you got a long way to go. Why don't we make a list first? No, Jesus says, Jesus affirms the resolution. He says, today's salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. He was was already a a Jew, he just wasn't living right. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus affirms he's starting on the right path. Salvation is coming to his house. It's coming today because he has made a resolution. I'm coming back, Jesus. I'm coming back to God. I haven't been with him, but I'm coming back. Put one more up here, Joshua 24, one from the Old Testament. Another well-known resolution of Scripture. Right at the end of Joshua's life, he does what Moses, his mentor, had done. He gathers all the people together, all the people of Israel, and he tries to put before them who they need to be and and warns them what's going to happen if they don't follow God. Tries to encourage them to stay faithful. I'm not going to be here anymore, but you've got to stay faithful to God. And you might remember he says in verse 15, If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. It's a great passage for a lot of reasons. One of them is reminds us, we have to choose. It, it, you put it both ways. We get to choose in one sense. God has given us this sense of choice. But on the other sense, we have to choose. Some people just don't choose. They don't, they don't, they don't really give their life to God. They don't decide they're really going to do it. They sort of float around. As I heard somebody say recently, the problem with that is you don't float upstream. You always float downstream. So you don't just want to float. You don't just want to drift. You've got you've to decide. He says, choose, choose today who you're going to serve. Whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to stand with God. You see the resolution, don't you? And then the people answer in verse 24. The people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God, and we will obey His voice. And they all make a covenant together there in verse 25. I love these resolutions. I will go to my Father. Jesus, I will get my life right. God, we will serve the Lord. We will all together serve the Lord. These are are some great biblical resolutions, and they're often the hinge points the first steps toward a better them, a closer to God them. So let's spend a few minutes filling this principle. I heard this for the first time a few years ago. The best predictor of action is intention. Think about that. The best predictor of action is intention. I first heard this when they were dealing with all, of all things, the, the school shootings that our country was dealing with. 
You know, for a while when people would say uh, crazy things or write crazy notes and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hurt people or whatever else, for a while people thought, well, is that, is that freedom of speech? I mean, can you really do anything? I mean, they're, just, they're just talking. And eventually the law enforcement came around to say, now wait a second. When someone says they're going to do something, they have just made themselves the most likely person to do it. Of all the people in the world, they have just put themselves in a category that says, if anybody's going to go in and do something terrible, it's probably going to be them because they've announced intention. You can flip that principle in a good direction, though, also. If you set out this year and say, I'm going to run a marathon by the end of the year, uh, and, and, you can, and you look over all the people in America, my guess is the ones who will actually run a marathon, it's more likely the ones who start off by saying, I'm going to do that, because they've set the intention. The best predictor of action is intention. You usually don't come to God by accident. You intend it. You intend it. And so we want to think for a few minutes this morning, what are my intentions as I start a new year with God? And, I, and I've got three, I've got three uh, options this morning for us to just make goals together about several spiritual things that I hope will make our faith grow in 2023. And I've got three scriptures to go with it. So the first scripture, Ezra 7 verse 10, as we think about making some of our most important plans of the year together. And I hope you have all sorts of great plans this year. I hope you have all sorts of great things that happen to you. Uh, but our spiritual ones are the most important ones. Here in Ezra 7, verse 10, Ezra is a scribe. He is a priest. And he is going from Babylon back to Jerusalem to help the people. Verse 9 says, On the first of the first month, he began to go up from Babylon. And on the first of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem because the good hand of his God was upon him. So you notice he had his own journey that he's taken. He leaves on the first of the first month. The year begins and Ezra departs. He gets there on the first of the fifth month because the good hand of God was upon him. And why was God blessing him? Verse 10, For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. He had made an intention, hadn't he? I'm going to make God's word a bigger part of my life. Let's set together as you write your own outline there. Why don't you write down a scripture goal for yourself for 2023, a scripture resolution. Let me give you some options as you're thinking through what might be a good intentional goal to make. If you've never read through the New Testament, I think I'd start right there. I think I'd say, this is the year I'm going to read through the New Testament. I'm going to read one chapter a day. That's all it takes. One chapter a day. I'm going to start in Matthew. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 1 today. And, and I'm going to read Matthew chapter 2 tomorrow. And if I fall behind today, I'm going to read two chapters to catch up. I'm going to read through the New Testament this year. This might be the year you want to read through the whole Bible. If you've done the New Testament before, you say, no, I'm going to try the, the whole Bible. You may want to study Bible to go along with it. Uh, you're going to come to some, some passages you're not sure about. What does this mean? What's the importance of this? It often helps to have a study Bible you can look down. You have, you have preachers. You have fellow Christians you can ask. You have elders that you can ask questions. You're going to come across questions as you go. You may want to make this a year if you're thinking about possible goals. Maybe this is a year you want to memorize Scripture more than you have in the past. Maybe take a verse a month or a, a verse a week even and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Maybe write it out on a card. I'm going to put it on my mirror and I'm going to read it to myself. And I'm going to let that verse really sink into my life more than it has been. You may want to make your goal, your scripture goal, something like maybe journaling about what you read in the Bible each day. 
Um, one of my good friends, for the first time last year, read through the whole Bible. And, and he was excited about that. He says, this year I want to slow down. Instead of those three or four chapters a day, I want to slow down. And I want to really let each chapter soak. So, so he's, going to try to, he's going to try to write. What's something from this chapter that I can do better? And I'm going to let that, I'm going to intentionally think about that. Before I close my Bible and, and go on to other things, I'm going to write down what can I do better from what I just read. Those are some options. I've always been told that a good goal is specific, it is measurable, and it is realistic. So, so try to make your goal that is specific. What do I really want to do? It's measurable. I've, I've read my, my chapter, or I've written out what I'm going to do, and it's, it's realistic. I, I don't recommend, I'm going to read through the Bible 12 times this year. Now, if you do that, that's, that's incredible. Please let me know about that experience. I want to know about it. Uh, but, but try to make it something you can do. Something you can do. So make a scripture resolution for yourself if you haven't had time this year. Our, our second passage to look at, Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10. I think many people, even outside of Christianity, know that Daniel got thrown in the lion's den. They don't always know why he was thrown in the lion's den. And the reason he was thrown in the lion's den is uh, we're reminded in Daniel 6 verse 10. There had been a document signed, you see, at the beginning of verse 10. See, Daniel had some enemies, some people who were jealous of him. And, and they gave him, without knowing it, they gave him the best compliment they could have given him. They said, we're not going to find anything wrong with Daniel unless it's something against his faith. We're going to have to make a law that's against his faith. That's the only way we're going to get him. I, I hope you and I will live such lives close to God that people would be able to say, we're, the only way we're going to find something against him is if we can get the law against their faith, because they're going to stand with their faith. So they got the king to sign a law. They said, you can't pray to anybody else besides the king. Well, Daniel, that didn't stop Daniel. So in verse 10, when he knew the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. He continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. You might ask about the, the windows open toward Jerusalem. Well, back when the temple was built by King Solomon, King Solomon gave this long prayer. And in the prayer, he said, God, if your people wander away from you, if we pray back toward this place, please hear our prayer. And so now, hundreds of years later, the people have wandered away from God, and Daniel is off in captivity with the rest of the Jewish people that he's with there in Babylon. And so he is trying to fulfill Solomon's prayer and pray back toward the, the place where the temple had stood in Jerusalem. But he's praying three times a day. That was Daniel's habit. You want, if you're curious why God can work through someone like Daniel, prayer was a big part of his life. Why not? Let's make a prayer resolution for this year. How, how do you want to pray this year? And I don't know if this counts as, as measurable, but maybe a good goal would be, I, I want to make it my habit this year that the first thing I do when there's an issue is to pray. The first thing. Not, not the, I don't want to worry first and talk to everybody first and get mad. I, I, want to, I want to start with prayer and then I'll go to those other things if I have to. Maybe that's a good goal. It could be three times a day, like Daniel. Maybe that's your, your more specific goal. I want to... I want to pray three times a day. You may want to start with five minutes each time. You can build it to ten if you want to. One way to do that, if you're trying to do three times a day, you might say, I want to pray for different things in those three different prayers. 
Maybe I'll start my morning with prayers for, for my faith and for the day and for my sense of mission as a child of God, shining the light of God. Maybe my, my lunchtime prayer can be praying through the prayer list, people that have been sent out by email, praying that God will work in, in the lives of those that we're trying to pray for as a church family. Maybe my evening prayer can be thanksgiving for the day, prayer for my family, prayer for the things my family's going through. You can, you can divide up the prayers into, into different topics if you'd like to. That's, that's one way to do it, to set a time goal or to set a number of time goal. But try to have, try to have something. Try to have some specific, I'm going to pray this year. It's not going to be an afterthought. I don't want to go... A day, three days, a week, and look up and say, I have not stopped to really pray. I want to I make that part of my life. Make a prayer resolution. Number three, my third scripture for this morning, trying to, and this is the, the third and last one. Acts 11, 22 through 24. It's about Barnabas. Uh, the gospel has spread to a, the city of Antioch. And Antioch, the church there would do great things. God would bless them to do great things. And the news about them, about Antioch, reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. If you know Barnabas at all in the Bible, you know that word encouragement that pops up again here. That's who he was. He was an encourager. He made other people better. And so it doesn't surprise us they sent Barnabas. And they send him, verse 23, when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. God was living in him and he lived out his faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. I just want us to notice who Barnabas was. Here's how I want us to describe this one. We're going to make a character resolution. How can, how can I be more like Jesus this year? It may be something you need to take out of your life. It may be something you need to put into your life more than has been there. It may be, may be a little bit of both. But what is, it, what is it where you can draw a little closer to God this year? Barnabas was a special type of person. How can I be more like that? I've got some verses up here that may help you brainstorm, some biblical qualities that may help us think about how we can be better this year. 2 Peter 1, 5-8 is a, a passage about some Christian qualities. Maybe difficult to make some of these specific goals. Uh, you can be creative and think of ways to do that. But let me read this, verse 5. He says, For this reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. Your Bible say, may say add. Your faith, add moral excellence. I, I want to, if there's something morally I haven't been doing well, the way I've been speaking, the way I've been acting, I want to do that better. In your moral excellence knowledge, I want to grow in my knowledge of God this year. In your knowledge, self-control, that'd be a great one, wouldn't it? In an angry culture that we live in, I want, I want to be a more self-controlled person with the help of God. In your self-control, add perseverance. I, I want to persevere better. I, I want to keep going when things get hard. I don't want to make excuses. I don't want God to get pushed to the margins when, when life is difficult. I want to persevere better. In your perseverance, godliness. I want, to, I want people to see God in me more. In your godliness, brotherly kindness. I just want to be kinder. I don't want to get as angry. I want, I want to speak more kindly to people, even if they're annoying to me. Let me speak more kindly to them. I want to show love. In the Bible, love is a self-sacrificial way of treating people. Maybe that's your goal. Let me put up Galatians 5, 22 through 23. As you just read through the fruit of the Spirit, maybe one of those would be good. I told you before, I always think about it when I read this passage. One of our young ladies that grew up here went off to college, and, and she came back and was asking how 
faith was going, how college was going. She said, I'm, I'm trying to work on my joy. I just always thought how, how mature in, in faith that was, that, that she had thought about, I haven't been showing the joy of Christ that I want to. Maybe, maybe there's something on that list. Faithfulness, patience. Wow, that'd be a great one, wouldn't it? Uh, I want to I treat people with more patience. What about 1 Corinthians 13, that description of love? And again, I'm just trying to give you some ideas, a character quality that you want to do better. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. doesn't brag. It's not arrogant. doesn't act unbecomingly. doesn't seek its own. Well, that, wouldn't that be a great resolution? I'm, I'm not going to be as selfish in 2023. I've been way too much about myself. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to put others ahead of myself more this year, not just make it about me. Uh, love is not provoked. It doesn't take into account a wrong suffer. In other words, it doesn't keep a record of wrongs, your translation may say. I'm going to do better at that this year. Maybe that's your goal. I'm not going to be so angry when people have wronged me. I'm not going to hold on to those things. I'm not going to let bitterness grow in my life. I'm going to forgive better. It doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness. It rejoices with the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. And there's others. Um, let me just mention a few others that you could put down. I mentioned the selfishness one. Uh, you may want to continue the theme we had last year and say, I want to be a blessing to people this year. I want to be a blessing to the people in my life. God has put them there. I want them to see God in me. You may want to say, I want to, I want to be more committed in my, in my, my attendance at, at the assemblies of the church. I want to make sure I'm at all the worship services. I want to make sure I'm at all the Bible classes. You may, you may say, I've had, I had a parent who did that. I had a grandparent who did that. Every time the doors were open, they were there, and it showed in their life. And faith built in their life because of it. This is the year to get back to that, you may say to yourself. Maybe that's your goal for the year. But try to make yourself, there's lots of good ones. Try to make yourself a character goal for 2023. So you can do this a million different ways. But we've tried to say this morning, what's my scripture goal? What's my prayer goal? What's my character goal? Let me end by asking a question. What's holding you back from making 2023 the best faith year you've ever had? And I hope you can answer that question by saying, there's nothing. There's no hindrances. There's nothing blocking me. It's your choice. God gave you choice. You can be as close to God as you want to be. In fact, this morning, you are as close to God as you have chosen to be. But if you'll make those commitments, I will. I will. You'll find God is ready to meet you. You'll find God is ready to bless you. So let's start with that. Let's begin with I will. Let's start this new year with a sense that I will be closer to God than I have been. And let's begin that journey. Let's start that journey that draws us closer and closer to God through His Word, through prayer, through life. Let's show the world what Christianity should be by letting it grow in our lives this year. Let's end with a prayer together. God, again, this morning we're thankful. We're thankful for the start of a new year. And God, we know we're not promised tomorrow, but if you let this world keep spinning throughout this year, we pray, God, this will be the best year we've ever had in our faith. We pray, Lord, that you'll you'll take all the victories of the past year and all the failures of the past year, and that you'll use them to do even better things in our life. Help us, God, to draw closer to you than we ever have before. Help us as a church family to be there for each other more than we ever have before. Please bless our work in the coming year. Help us to be the light you want us to be. Please open doors for your gospel. Please help souls and lives to come to you just as they have in past years. We pray for even more. Pray for even more souls to come to you through this good church family. God bless us to be better this year than we have in the past. 
We love you. We pray you help us to love you even more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe you need to start your year by coming to God. Um, if we can help you in any way, let us know. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to encourage you. Maybe you're ready to take a public step. Sometimes that's the best way, to take a public step that says, I want everybody to know that I'm trying to give my life to the Lord. I want everybody to be praying for me. Maybe today you know about Jesus and you're ready to repent and be baptized. We'd love to see you have your sins washed away. The Bible says this is how you do it. This is how you receive the salvation of Jesus and start your life on a better path. Repent and be baptized today if you haven't done that. Maybe you're ready. Or if we can pray for you about anything. Maybe you need to get sin out of your life. Maybe you're trying to recommit yourself to the Lord. Maybe this is an I will morning for you, where you'd like the whole church to know you're recommitting yourself to the Lord. If we can help you in any way, you're invited to come to the front now while we stand, while we sing.